Hello everyone. I am 40 minutes and 29 seconds into Django Unchained before I realized that I did not have my microphone on this whole time. Wow, what a fool I am. Um, for those of you who don't know, hello, my name is Maya Giselle Savidra. Anyhow, so I'm watching Django Unchained and I'm using um, a microphone for my BCA class because it's the only microphone I have. And I also don't have any like fancy recording equipment, so I'm just using my uh, phone. I'm using an app on my phone. I should have realized that this wasn't recording the whole time, but I'm kind of a buffoon, so I did not. Anyways, so we're 40 minutes into Jingo Untamed. Uh, let me tell you what has happened so far. So, Schultz, this German guy, was walking in the woods with his big old uh, tooth cart because he was a former dentist. Hilarious. And it's on a big old spring, and I like that. I think it's funny. So what happened is so far, um, he found Django because he needs Django to um, help him find these uh three guys he needs to kill because schultz is a bounty hunter and he frees Django because Django is a slave and he's out walking with these other slaves so he frees him and he shoots uh the slave trader guys which is pretty cool and he kills him and then he's like all right Django, come with me because you're gonna help me and then he gives the keys to the rest of the slave guys he's like all right free yourselves i'll also shoot that guy make sure he's dead bury him and then go to the north go be free cool times so at this point in the movie, here's what I'm thinking. Django. Is Django a white savior movie? Here are my thoughts. First of all, I'm just going to be completely transparent. I like Django Unchained. I also like Quentin Tarantino. I know Quentin Tarantino has some controversies. Schultz is a white savior. Uh, that is absolutely the truth. Um, without Schultz's character, likely... Um, Django probably wouldn't have been freed and he would probably still be a slave um, and he would probably be traded off. And so, yes, Schultz does free him and the other slaves and without him, they would uh, still be trapped and the movie wouldn't even happen. However, Schultz is not the main character of the movie. I think the main focus of the movie and the main point of the movie is that Django... Um, he got to be like a cowboy and he got to be a bounty hunter and he got to be like, he got to be what he wanted to be kind of. He got to be free and he got to take back what he deserved and he got to kill the people and take revenge on the people that he deserved to get revenge on. That's kind of the whole point of the movie. However, as Amir Bankston pointed out to me, shout out to Amir Bankston, it is true that I mean, black actors, only black actors who are nominated for Oscars and typically only quote unquote black movies that are nominated for Oscars are movies about slavery or they're movies about um, like drugs and gang violence or they're movies about um, like a biopic. They're movies about um, like a famous athlete or a famous singer or a famous like group of people, black group of people who um, have made it big and are like famous. Those are the only movies that black people get to win things for. And I do think that is wrong. And Django Unchained is one of those movies. Django Unchained is about uh, slavery. Uh, yeah, <laughs> if you haven't seen the movie, it's during slave times. And so that is absolutely the truth. There are other movies out there. I think Jordan Peele's Get Out is a perfect example of this. I think Jordan Peele's Get Out is... Um, it's the first movie of its kind, I think, that has black characters um, and the theme of the movie 
the theme of the movie has to do with being black, but what the subject of the movie, what's happening in the movie, the contents of the movie isn't a quote unquote black issue. It's not gang violence. It's not, it's not something like that. It's not slavery. It's black people living their lives. They're caught up in something unnatural. They're caught up in something, um, sci-fi and like, uh, it's a scary movie type thing. And that's very cool. And But the important part of the movie is that it's a movie where we talk about um, how white people only see black people and people and care about black people and use black people through the lens of their talents. What can black people give me? What do I want from black people? Well, it's, it's a movie that explores... Um, it's also a movie that explores... Um, oppression. What does it really mean to be oppressed? We talked about this in my CGL class. Shout out to Jared Halter. It's about what it really means to be oppressed. So I like to think, as I look back at it now, the white characters in that movie, they're like, we're disadvantaged because black people get to have this, black people get to have this, black people get to have this. And they don't realize that that just because they don't have everything they they want, that, that doesn't mean that they're oppressed. You're not oppressed as a people the the society the way the things are the way the society is set up does not press against you and it does not stop you people it doesn't stop you as a group of people from being able to succeed and i think that's what people get confused i think that's why people like to pretend that white privilege doesn't exist but white privilege does exist and this is a perfect example of that it's also another good example of the like white people kind of think they deserve to have everything that black people have and the answer is no you do not um Yes, I guess that's equality, but we've come to a point where it's too late for equality. We need to have equity now. Equality is is at this point at this moment in time, especially in the United States, equality is impossible. We cannot have everything exactly equally the same between everyone because the fact of the matter is there are people that have been that deserve to have more because they deserve to balance the scales. The scales deserve to be balanced. Um, and so let me give you an example of this. Um, and so like Black History Month, one of the things that people, like the white people say is, well, why do black people get to have a Black History Month? Why have, How come we don't get to have a white history month? And here's why. Because black people's history was erased. Black people's history was snubbed and black people were left out of history black people's accomplishments and black inventors are not even good credit if you think about just like as a recent example hidden figures hidden figures we didn't even know about those women until 2016 or whenever that movie came out and that's they've sent the astronauts to space it was them and we didn't learn about that in history another example mansa musa i talked about this the other day in an amos meeting mansa musa was the richest man on the planet of earth and we didn't learn about him in history which is why Black History Month is important because we get to learn about the black people in history that really did contribute to history. They were there. People like to forget that they were there. People like to forget that they did something. And that's what we, that's because we were never learned in class, because we never learned in school. We deserve to have Black History Month so that we, so that everyone can know why we have what we have. What we have, and we have what we have because of black people in part of course other people as well but it's just it's just a fact it's just nice to point out that black people made your history black people made this happen for you um and so and then white people are like well how come we don't get to have a white history month i know this is kind of 
turned into a tangent, you might be a little confused, but don't get lost. I'll go, I'll root around to the, to the beginning again, I promise. Um, black people got to have a Black History Month. White people don't get to have everything that black people have. Black people deserve to have what is theirs. It's um, also the N-word. So, Quentin Tarantino, he's controversial. Why? Well, I'll tell you why. In 1994, the movie Pulp Fiction came out. It hit theaters. Now, personally, I like Pulp Fiction quite a bit. However, in the movie Pulp Fiction, Quentin Tarantino made a cameo in his own movie because he wrote it and directed it, so why not? And so, yeah, Quentin Tarantino did write that line for himself uh, because he wanted to say the N-word. That's just the complete God-honest truth. Quentin Tarantino wanted to say the N-word. That's why he wrote himself a character like that who says that word. Um, so that's why Quentin Tarantino has a bit of uh, controversy. Also, he likes feet. That's kind of, uh, intriguing, in- interesting. It's an interesting trait about a young Quentin. This also brings to mind, I remember, um, once upon a time, quite a few years ago when I was younger, probably in middle school, um, when Django Unchained came out, Spike Lee was mad about the use of the N-word in the movie. And, but like, the movie is set during, set, the movie is set during slave times. Yeah, people were racist back then. That is just historically accurate. Uh, white people said the N-word. That is absolutely, fully, totally the truth. I don't know. I think I think it's a bit too much to ask white writers to never be able to write in the N-word because it just shows... Because it's not just done randomly. It's done for a purpose. When white actors have to say the N-word... Um, because I remember I, I heard that um, Leonardo DiCaprio was very uncomfortable with saying the N-word in Django Unchained, uh, this movie specifically. He's He hasn't come up in the movie yet, but he will soon. Um, and and Samuel L. Jackson was like, this is a character. And I guess that's a very good way for everyone to kind of think about it. I, th- I think we shouldn't be mad at um, white writers and white directors for um, having their characters say the N-word. That just shows who the character is. It shows that the character is obviously a bad person. Um, right into movies and right into stories um, because I don't want people to get the wrong idea. I don't want people to be like, well, I'm just an actor and that's why I'm allowed to say the N-word. Like, well, okay, but you have to be saying it for a very specific reason, for a very, to, to very much make a point. And I think it is very much made a point in, in this movie. It's, yeah, white people said the N-word because white people were racist. It was a sign of the times if uh, you if you listen to Prince. Also, I would like to, um, we just got past the scene. You guys didn't see it, obviously, because it's a podcast. Um, we just got past the scene where Django kills, he's on the, he's um, at the plantation with Schultz and they are after the three, um, brothers because Schultz is um Schultz is a hitman guy yes um so he has he's been contracted to kill them which is why he got Django in the first place um and so Django um he finds the brothers and they're in the process of punishing um a woman for breaking eggs and let me just say here are my thoughts about this scene Yes, it is historically accurate that women throughout history and still today um, have been brutalized and and whipped and mistreated and um, 
it is a bit painful to see. It's painful to see black people being whipped in a movie as well, I guess. But that's, I guess that's the point of the movie. It's the point to show how terrible the characters are. Um, but it would also be nice, I must say, it would be nice to see a movie um, in general where a black woman is not brutalized, is not beat up, and is not um, submissive and, and um, yeah, that would be cool. That would be cool to see. But I think this movie can be a teaching point. It's a base. It's not the end-all be-all. It's a base from where we can go up. We can keep growing and progressing and we can keep making movies, movies that involve black people um, that are more empowering. Um, also, let me just say a couple cool little symbol, symbology things I saw in the movie so far. I really like, I really like how on the plantation uh, that they're on, the plantation owner kind of reminds me of of um the kfc guy what's his name colonel sanders he kind of reminds me of colonel sanders and what do you guys think do you think colonel sanders was a raging racist because i believe colonel sanders must must have been a racist because i think all southern gentlemanly type people who have that kind of like drawl and who wear the white suits with the black bolo ties um they must be racist <laughs> like they have to be they just must be also because just i mean kfc kentucky fried chicken Fried chicken. Where do you think fried chicken came from? Black people invented fried chicken. But who is the face of this fried chicken company? It is a white man. Of course it is. Another cool thing that I liked in um, the movie so far, I really liked how when that guy, that um, the, one of the three brothers, he he's like he's like reading the Bible and he's like whipping. He's like, he's got a whip. He's about to like beat up this, this girl, right? Um, but on his shirt, he has like pages from the bible torn out there's a page from the bible on his chest because he's like he's like he's like wearing the bible he's like that's how he justifies his brutality which is actually the truth in what happened in real life and how white people the reason why white people in in part at least um justified their treatment of black people and justified uh, slavery was because of the bible because they believed well well god made us white so that's why we're made in the image of God. So I don't know what these uh, other people are. Mongrels. And uh, yeah. So I just think that's really cool. And I really like how Django shot right through that piece of the Bible verse on his chest. And blood was on it. That was dope. I also really like the, the image of um, when the other brother was on the horse. And Schultz sees him and he shoots him from afar. And then his red blood was splattered on that pure white cotton. That was so cool. I like that very much because like... His blood, his dirty blood, because he's um, obviously a bad person, is like splattered on white cotton, cotton, which is how he makes his money. I just think that's so cool. And I like that very much. Go, Quentin. But also you can learn a thing or two, Quentin. So I like how um, Broomhilda, her name reveals her character immediately because when Schultz was talking about the story of Broomhilda in Germany she's a damsel in distress and like she needs to be saved by this night guy and that's exactly who Broomhilda is which is just kind of another way to talk about um like like to relate back to like how her entire character is that she needs to be saved her entire character is that she's a damsel in distress she couldn't have done it by herself because she's a woman and I mean the story isn't bad. This is still a good story to tell, I think. And I still think it's interesting. And I still think, I don't think it's bad. Um, and I don't mean to just like hate on it, but I just, I just think it's something to keep in mind. And I think it's interesting that Carrie Washington's entire character, that's 
it's like not even tried they don't even try to like make it something that it's not she's Brumhilda. she needs to be rescued that's it from her she's just the object of of Django's success in the movie and again it's not it's not, that doesn't make this a bad movie i don't think this woman i don't think this movie like hates women or something i'm just saying it would be cool to see movies in the future where women that's not what they're there for they're there for something much greater and i think that's very interesting I think there was like a lot of parallels between this movie, Django Unchained, and Inglorious Bastards, which is another movie by Quentin Tarantino. I like how Quentin Tarantino can create the kind of like, wouldn't that be cool if that happened type type feeling? So like in Inglorious Bastards, he's kind of like, no, this didn't happen. But wouldn't it be so sick if like a Jewish girl um, who escaped a Nazi got to take revenge on not only that Nazi, but got to kill Adolf Hitler herself by burning him and all of the Nazis alive in a building. Wouldn't that be cool? And wouldn't it be cool if none of the Nazis um, who were involved in the Holocaust and involved in that war got to be free and got to escape? What if they were all marked with um, with the swastika so everyone knew who exactly who they were and so they could never have a normal life and they could never be able to... Um, move on from the terrible things they've done. Wouldn't that be cool? And I really like that. And I think that's kind of what's happening in Django Unchained too. Because Quentin Tarantino was like, no, this didn't happen historically. But wouldn't it have been so cool if, wouldn't it be cool if he got to shoot up the people that that um, messed up his life, who stole his wife? Wouldn't that be cool? And the answer is yes. And I like that. And I like that this movie gives um, the world a chance to see that, I guess, and I think it's fun to think about that. Um, and there are like real Jewish and black heroes from history who did do something cool. And I think it would be really cool also to make real movies about those real people and not ignore the things that they've done. Because again, their history has been erased. 42 minutes in. Wow, I keep pausing this thing so much. I, I'm never going to finish this movie. This is a two and a half hour long movie. It's so long. Anyways, um, we're at the scene with the KKK and that's like the early KKK before it was like the pointy hood. So they're just like wearing sacks on their heads. And he's like, I can't, I can't see who did this. And I think that's so funny because it's actually true because the KKK is actually a group of absolute buffoons. It's tomfoolery. They just make it up as they go. And I think that's hilarious. If you do, if you guys do any research on the KKK at all, they're just like this in real life. It's not even an exaggeration. I think the media portrays them. And I mean, yes, they are terrorists. They are a terrorist organization. Let's not forget that. They're dangerous people. And the government should go after them as severely and as, and as, as angrily as they go after Al-Qaeda because they ruined this country. But anyhow, um, I think it's very funny that there are a group of people that we are afraid of and that we fear. But... They're a bunch of goofballs. I think that's very funny. Do some research on the KKK and their little rituals and stuff if you want to. They make up handshakes and stuff like a bunch of little boys. And I think that's very funny. Um, also, this reminds me. I was telling Jenna the other day. Jenna's my roommate. Shout out to Jenna Wozni. Big fan of her. Anyhow, um, this reminds me of there was like I was watching Drunk History once because I love that show. And they were talking about... Um, this guy who was like a writer for Superman or something like the old Superman radio show. And he infiltrated the KKK, just like get information on them. And he like, he found out they do like a bunch of ridiculous stuff, but it's actually true. And so he started like incorporating that into the Superman, um, 
radio show and Superman would be like beating up the KKK because he was like, well, the KKK is bad dudes. And then guess what, guys? And then like the KKK members, like kids were like listening to the radio show and they're like, well, we don't like the KKK anymore. Gosh, diddly darn. They're a bunch of goofballs and they're a bunch of meanies and uh, Superman, the protector of goodness, is beating them up. My golly goodness me. And I think that's very funny. And that's what this reminds me of. Schultz reminds me of like a professor um because he reminds me of one of those like professors who's like white but they have like a a black girlfriend or something and they're like you know i'm i'm pretty woke guys i'm i know what's going on i'm down with the cause impervious to racism i'm impervious to racism and i think that's a bad mindset to get into because nobody is impervious to racism and i guess it's not really your fault but it is your job and it is your responsibility to recognize that you have those traits inside of yourself. You have to recognize that you have bad tendencies to be able to overcome them so that in the future we cannot be like that. Anyways, this is a very long-winded way of me saying, Schultz reminds me of a white professor. Yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio's character. And I really like how Leonardo DiCaprio's character also at the point where the Mendigo fight just ended and Leonardo DiCaprio was like first introduced and so he's um like his fighter one and he's like all right you he deserves like he deserves to have a good a good day get him a beer and stuff like he's done a good job he's like good job and I, I like how that's the only time that like a black person is praised for when they when they entertain white people which still happens today which is exactly what jordan peele was talking about and get out well like the whole point of his character is that he he's like well i'm i'm okay with the black folks that's fine which is still like a mentality that goes on today but obviously like he just likes Django because Django like makes him laugh and like he's like ooh spunky like quote-unquote spunky and he's like uh not afraid to stand up for what he wants but within bounds and I think that's the way white people still kind of view black people today they're like oh yeah you can have your your little thing but as long as you don't cross too far into what I want because as soon as Django does do that as those of you who have seen the movie things go wrong and Samuel L. Jackson's character who's um an Uncle Tom obviously if you haven't seen the movie would recommend um he comes out and he sees Django and he's um immediately like intimidated by Django and he's immediately mad that Django um is free and like has more power than him and I think that's very interesting as well because like the whole point of Uncle Tom is that even today like real life Uncle Tom's in real life um I think it's very interesting that like they can be they are surrounded by other white people and they're like a white person's source of entertainment and they're like oh look at this black person they like us they are like okay with us being racist and they won't tell us that we're wrong and and that's how they get their power when in a white environment but then as soon as another black person comes along and as soon as that black person has more power than them they're immediately intimidated and they're like well this is the wrong way to be black and the way that i'm being black is the white way the right way to be black and i think that's interesting and that's what samuel l jackson's character does throughout the movie kind of shout out to samuel l jackson i also love how quentin tarantino went on ahead and gave us the um 
the the incest stereotype from the South because it's true. Y'all are nasty down there. And that's why you're racist, because your brain is less big because of incest, because of inbreeding. I think American racism is unique in that it, it caused black people to also be racist to each other. Like they caused like the need for competition between groups of black people and the separation of black people. So like if you think about it, like black people sometimes separate themselves between like um, level of education, um, the types of jobs that they have or like even like darker people and lighter people like mixed people and that kind of stuff like i think that's a very uniquely american thing caused from probably american slavery i think that's something you can see in the movie especially with samuel L. jackson's character and Django. like they have to separate themselves instead of coming together to end something that they know is wrong and i think that still happens today if you think about it um shout out to the black republicans because i think that's kind of what they do they kind of work for um the white people in in the way because they want to like they want to prove their like place in society quote unquote and um i think that's also mirrored in this movie with samuel l jackson's character samuel l jackson is ben carson basically if you think about it because the one thing i don't like is when um Kara Washington finally gets to be with Django again, and then Schultz is, is like, oh, we, we got a friend in common. You gotta guess who it is, though. Yeah, I don't know why, why why would why would he do that to her? Okay, so we're at the part of the movie now where they're at dinner, and Dr. Schultz is like, alright, I'm gonna buy uh, Eskimo Joe. Um, but also Hildy is there, and then so Leonardo DiCaprio's character makes her um, show them the, like, whippings that she has on her back and then he makes a comment and he was like yeah these uh these slaves they're like really tough they're like a different breed of people which is very interesting that he said that because i um i'm educated and i was watching this vox video about um like um gynecology and how it has its roots in uh slavery and so this guy that they called the father of modern modern gynecology, because that's what they always call um, white people who do crazy stuff, the father. Anyways, um, so he practiced um, all of his, like, medicine and stuff on, like, slave women, and, like, he never used, like, anesthetic on them. And so then there became a stereotype in medicine, which still exists today, that, like, um, that black people, like, just don't feel as much pain as white people do, which also, like... It's it's interesting because like it it goes against with like the with, like the contradicting stereotypes that like well black people are um so silly that they're like sambos that's one stereotype but they're also like so like cunning and dangerous that um we can't like we can't trust them to like be out and about and because they'll manipulate us and that kind of stuff so those are contradictory stereotypes but they both exist and so this is another stereotype it's a stereotype that like black people are like so tough and they can never feel pain and stuff that they're not really real human beings but at the same time they um they're like inferior to us somehow that we we're um superior to them in in um every way even physically so those stereotypes they don't go together obviously i guess this thing also kind of reminds me of how like i was had kind of have the view that like there are certain groups in society that it doesn't matter what they do it doesn't matter what they choose to do they'll never be um 
satisfactory to like their oppressors so like it doesn't matter if black people are strong or it doesn't matter if black people are weak or docile because either way both of those stereo both of those um choices are will become a stereotype to like fuel um oppression by their oppressors so it doesn't matter what they choose to do it's always the wrong answer just because of the way that they are which is because racism is made up because race is made up to justify slavery so that's why it it works for them either way because they make up the rules as they go pretty much So I like also how we're at the point now where um, Samuel L. Jackson is talking to Leonardo DiCaprio in the library. Also, I'm sorry I'm not using their character names. I just, they're famous people. There are characters anyways. But so he's talking to him in the library. And now he's not like, he's not like talking in his, his, uh, like, uh, stereotyped voice. He's talking to him like a real man, like, like a, like an equal, because he's smarter than him <laughs> even though he is an uncle tom like he he's smarter than leonardo dicaprio and he knows what's going on um even though he betrayed um his own people um and i just think that's funny he's talking just like samuel L. jackson talks in real life i forgot how crazy um monsieur candy is and then I, I saw him with the hammer. He's about to bash in Kerry Washington's head. Also, I just, I, I just, it just popped into my brain just now. That's just actual real blood smeared all over Kerry Washington's face. How nasty! That is so gross. Why would he do that? That's so gross. I mean, I guess I get it. I guess I get it for the actor's sake, but I do think actors go like a little bit too far sometimes to try to prove that they're like, they're they're being like troopers and like bro. Like, stop, that is so rude. Like, it's like Jared Leto. Like, how Jared Leto was like, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm a method act. I'm going to send people uh, pig corpses and stuff. I'm like, hey, that just makes you um, maybe not the greatest actor. If you can't pretend to be crazy without sending cor pig corpses to people, maybe you're not a very good actor. So that's, I don't know. Leonardo DiCaprio is a pretty good actor. Why do you have to smear blood, real blood, all over her face? That's so nasty. So many diseases. R.I.P. Kerry Washington. You deserve better. I'm sorry for that. So I also like what I also like about this movie and why it's also maybe not a white savior movie is because Schultz is in the process of buying Broomhilda and he he doesn't get what he wants necessarily because he has to like I guess prove his his uh caringness which which I understand about his character um and then but it's this event that causes the ending to be what the ending is, where Django gets to save the day, Django gets to have the power back. Like um, Schultz is talking about Alexander Dumont, um, who I did not know was black until I watched this movie, fun fact, because they never taught us about that in school. Just another reason why Black History Month is important, because we don't learn about black people in history, like Alexander Dumas, who created the Three Musketeers, which is one of the most famous books and uh, whatever's in history. Crazy. Okay, so I don't think Quentin Tarantino did this per se because he's just a, he's just a director. He's not like a costume designer or a set designer. But I really like because they're at the point now where they're in the parlor and they're eating white cake. And um, Schultz is like, all right, let's get out of here because I hate you, Leonardo DiCaprio. You suck. You're a piece of poop. And... 
I really like how this whole like parlor scene, like all of the characters and like what they're wearing, it's all almost entirely black and white or light and dark, which I think is just interesting and funny. It's like, it's like the theme is like right in front of her eyes, but it's like hiding still. I like how like Leonardo DiCaprio, like he, he is wearing dark colors and he's in this very dark room and like he was sitting on the couch and um and then like in the parlor which is the room right next to where he's like in in like the study in the library the parlor is like white almost it's like very bright and i think that's funny because they're like rooms right next to each other and so leonardo dicaprio and schultz or i mean candy and schultz they're the only two people in this dark like study room for a while while everybody else is in um the other room right next door the parlor room that's like white and it's just like it's just cool because they're all like wearing dark colors in this bright white room and I, and again with like the white cake that's just like another like element of whiteness and i think that was done on purpose like i just realized now there's like there's so many like white things in this movie that like stand out there was the cotton at the beginning now and then it was the the white um piece of paper from the bible that was the that was shot at like when he got shot it was the red that was like pouring down it and there's the white cake and the white everything and i just think that's really cool the big white house i just think that's cool okay so and then there's one last part where the with the red on the white again so schultz just shot leonardo dicaprio because uh he was mad at him and because he was like, oh, you better come shake my hand. Um, This is what we do in the South. And Schultz is pissed because he just wants to get out of there. Um, So anyway, so he shoots him right in his flower, his white flower. It's just the theme is coming back with the red splattered on the white, which I think is interesting because, oh, here's a perfect little analogy. It's kind of like how the blood is on white people's hands. And here it is. The blood is on white again. It's just something that pops up over and over and over again in this movie, which I think is cool. But also, let's talk about Schultz for a second. Okay, so Schultz, I understand that he's pissed at Leonardo DiCaprio, but also that's selfish because Django was a slave, bro. So was Broomhilda. He's 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 mad, and I understand that he's mad because he's like, well, now I have black friends, so I have to stick up for my black friends, which is cool and everything. But he's like jeopardizing their future and their chances because of what he wants to do in this moment. Like, what do you think the slaves wanted to do this whole time that they were enslaved? You think they were just like, well, guess we'll just stick around? No, they had to, they had to figure out what was best for them in the long run, not just in the moment. So I think that just shows kind of like the privileges that white people have. I mean, Schultz does end up getting shot in a second. Don't take, don't, don't get me wrong. Don't get me twisted. But it's just like, why did he have to do that? Why did he have to ruin everything? It had worked so, so well up until this point. Okay, so now we're at the point where Django is like shooting everyone in the house. Um, two things about this. Again, the entire interior of the house is like white and light colors. So every time you shoot someone, it's just like red on white, red on white, red on white again. Uh, so there it is again, boys and girls and squirrels and everyone else um so i think that's cool also um something i just thought of so over the summer when like um there was a lot of like black lives matter stuff going on a lot of protests were happening and like the riots were happening um 
And like people were talking about, they were like, oh, well, I don't agree with the riots. Like you can do it without the riots. Um, One of the things that I had been thinking about a lot was like, you can't oppress people for their entire lives, for their entire history of them being in America and then expect them to be like, you know what, let's continue to be peaceful. Let's continue to push on. Because psychologically, if we think about mental health, um, I think mental health and like mental um, well-being is just something that people don't think about when we think about like large groups of people and like large groups of society. But I mean, how would you feel if every day, I mean, if we take it to one single example, it's like um, the kids who like get bullied like severely at school then they like then they become a bully and they start like beating people up because obviously they were like they just want to have like power back and they they want to stop being oppressed and they're like well what i was doing before wasn't working now it's time for me to change and now i'm angry because nothing had changed nobody was helping me so that's just kind of what this scene in django reminds me of django has been like calm this entire movie he wanted to shoot candy so many times um while he was at Candyland. he wanted to do so many things he wanted to fight back so many times and he wanted to like yell and scream but he didn't do anything because he had one goal and he was like well this is the only way to get my goal i have to play the game and now he's just tired of playing the game so now he's frustrated and he's like all right time to go home it's like when people are like i am so done with this jingle was done bro and that just goes back to like society in general we can't be like shocked and surprised that black people are taking back what has always belonged to them in um a showy like extravagant big way because we've taken everything from them this entire time and we can't be like well i just don't understand why those black people are mad at us now like they're just they're doing what you've done to them we're finally taking back what has always belonged to them belonged to them and they're frustrated and they're like well, you weren't listening to me when I was being calm. So now it's time for me to not be calm anymore so that you finally listen to me and you finally take me seriously because obviously you're not taking me seriously. So that's another thing to keep in mind. If you can understand why Django did it in this movie, then you should be able to understand why black people are doing it in society in real life. So like it was about to like be great. They were about to walk out. All he had to do was shake this man's hand and get it over and done with. And like I know that's like degrading to him, but... How do you think, you don't think it was degrading to all those black people that had to work there, literally not kill him and not revolt and stuff? That's interesting. Thanks a lot, Schultz, you little piece of poop. So we just got past the point where Samuel Jackson is talking to Jamie Foxx because they're about to cut off his nuts um, for like shooting everyone and killing everyone. And that's like how they were going to torture him and stuff. Um, but then Samuel Jackson was saying that instead they're going to send him to the LaQuint Dickey mining company, um, which is worse because like he'll be doing labor until he dies. And he like, so this is just another way of like, they're stripping him of his story. So like, just like how I was talking about before that, like, um, black people's hit like place in history, has been stripped from them and why it's so important to acknowledge that this is another thing that's happening. They're stripping Django of his story. So instead of him being able to die a legend by getting his nuts cut off and being killed or whatever, he's going to be erased and he's going to be sent to a mining company and he's going to work until he dies. And then he's just going to be thrown away like everybody else. So that is Pretty Neato Burrito, if you ask me. 
All right, so I've just finished uh, Django. I like how at the end, the guy says Django. He's like, you'll pay for this one, Django. And Django's like, the D is silent, hillbilly. Those are my final thoughts. Um, Overall, I do like the movie. I'm not going to lie. I just think it's cool, despite Quentin Tarantino's controversies. Um, I like his directing style, and I like his writing for the most part. Didn't like Hateful Eight, and I didn't even finish Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, Also, that movie had so many feet in it. Amir Bankston, you were right, dog. Django, I still like this movie. I think it's pretty cool, despite its, um, I won't say problems. It could have been better. There's things that um, could have been better, but I don't necessarily think that's Quentin Tarantino's fault. I don't think Quentin Tarantino's like a racist or a sexist. I just think movies in general have not, at this point, given enough given enough to black people or ethnic people or women or gay people for that matter um or just anybody who is not outside of the quote-unquote norm um and so we've like something I learned about through like my BCA classes is like Hollywood since the 60s and 70s has started to like make movies for what people actually want they started to break the mold and break the shell of like what old Hollywood movies used to be. Um, And I think we're still breaking out of that shell. I think there's still much to do, even though we've come very far. Um, If you compare this movie to another movie about slavery, 12 Years a Slave or something like that, this, I think, maybe does a little bit more because it's not just like slavery, 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 slavery. It shows black people being like cool and like taking back what they deserve um even though at the end Django wasn't necessarily like so much of a hero to black people throughout the whole movie he wasn't much of a hero to black people he was a hero to himself and to um from Hilda I guess that's something that in the future I would like to see more of um black people coming together to help each other out of um, an oppressive situation. I think the Uncle Tom character, especially in Quentin Tarantino's movie, serves as a lesson, a very big lesson for still today. Like, hey, um, don't be like this. Let's all be good and all be together and there is no right way to be black. And let's just realize that we've been brainwashed into thinking that by white society. So Django Unchained, my overall score rating I would give this um, a 7.5. I like this movie. Not going to lie, it's a good movie. Um, But there are some things that could be better, but not just with this movie, with movies in general. And I hope that we start to see that soon in the future. So I'm not mad at Quentin Tarantino. He's following what everybody has followed, kind of. And I don't mean to say that he's not creative. He's creative in other ways. But as far as his presentation of characters and like the role of characters, I would say this is this movie is not unique in that sense but it is unique in other ways it was good music selection also good that's another thing of quentin tarantino movies man's got some pretty good music i know he doesn't pick the music himself but still it's good all right so thank you for joining me on um my thoughts in my review of Django unchained i don't know how this really works because i've never done a movie review before but let me know 
if there's another movie you think I should watch, if there's another topic you think I should talk about related to movies or TV shows or to anything really. This has been very interesting. It's been weird kind of talking to myself, but I really want to get started on this podcast and make it something that I'm proud of. So thank you for joining me today on Underlying Frequencies. Um, my name is Maya Giselle Savidra, and I'll see you next time. Also, a sneak peek for my next um, episode about appropriation in fashion, and I will be speaking to um, a pal of mine who is involved in fashion, so please stay tuned for that. Also, please share this podcast. I know that's kind of, uh, I'm asking, I know I'm asking and I'm reaching, um, and I'm trying to plug myself, but it, it is weird, and I probably will get uh, tens of listeners on this podcast, um, but I would like for it to be something kind of cool. I want it to be a place, especially where, like, um student leaders like presidents of organizations and that kind of thing um, can like promote what they have going on and we can just talk about something that I think would be cool so please share this around this is underlying frequencies I'm underlying frequencies on Instagram the name of my account is hispanic clown so please stay tuned for that I'll probably change the name soon I am at Savidra Maya at S-A-V-E-D-R-A Maya, M-A-Y-A. And from there, you'll probably find underlying frequencies. It's just at underlying frequencies. DM me, message me about if you want to be a guest on the show. You don't even have to be anybody special. You can be an average Joe. If you don't live under a rock and you um, watch things sometimes, you're qualified to be on this show. Even if you don't watch things sometimes, shout out to Aaron Piggott. You can still be on this show. I'm sure we'll find something to talk about. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed. Bye.